0: So, to give you a short summary of my, you know, the initial bullet points we've covered. So, my grandfather and father are terrifyingly intellectual men in fields of military strategy and all things aerospace engineering, missile, and weaponry development. I was trained as a small child, and while my childhood was incredibly wonderful in a lot of ways, there was also a lot of navigation of stress in various forms. And then the third, it's possible that the training could have been some discontinued CIA program to eventually sell me off or push me to gather intelligence and subject my body to whatever was necessary in my pursuit of knowledge and how the world works. So without further ado, let's continue. Clue number four, debutante themes in international diplomacy. Did any of you ever watch She's the Man and relate to Viola Hastings' disgust at her current situation and understand just why she was so frustrated? How about when Joe March and Greta Gerwig's 2019 rendition of Little Woman cried out in desperation of being so lonely but wanting to be respected even more? Was your initial reaction to undervalue her feelings? When Arya walked away from Gendry's promise of a ladyship and land in season 8 because that's not her, did you cheer, feel a sense of pride? You likely felt compassion or empathy, an understanding of who they were because their backstory of the character was available to you. So when I refused my mother's repeated advances to present myself to society via a debutante ball in cotillion or when I decided I was going to join the football team and be the top runner for cross country and play varsity soccer in high school all in the same season, or when I was the only woman out of about maybe 15 out of a class of 22,000 undergrads to graduate from a top five public university in one of the most difficult male-dominated degree fields available, when does my validation come? And Where does my validation come from? Do I value the opinion of the family members I honestly can no longer respect because of the repeated nature of our adult encounters? Do I value the opinion of the supervisors who just sent, who yesterday sent me home? Because while my outfit meets all technical criteria of the dress code, your legs are too tantalizing underneath your desk in South Florida in the middle of the summer. Do I value the opinion of the men who admired all of my virtuous aspirations initially only for my in- independence to slowly become a deal breaker due to their own insecurities inevitably causing them to eventually stray? Fuck that. My validation comes from myself. I've always been this difficult of a person? I was five years old the first time I ran away, and I distinctly remember packing my bags in spite at my father and holding my cat comforter up so the edges wouldn't drag across the dew-laden grass as I crossed the street to my uncle's house. But am I really difficult, or do I just question the subjective confines of my world because I know I can?" And how do you present yourself to society when you don't enjoy it, or it feels like a facade to do it in some artificial way? I had no interest in curtsying, learning how to delicately fold a napkin across my lap, or waiting on a male partner to escort me into the world, even in adolescence. The cotillion angle, try as my mother might, was never going to happen. She should have known I wasn't one to conform to gender norms when I took two boys to the third grade spring fling. In my defense, I did narrow down my choices from the entire male class, who had each given me an extra valentine, seriously, I peaked early as fuck, to just the two most popular boys. Chris Parker's mom even picked me up and then drove to pick up Madison along the way. Also, thinking of these instances, then reassessing my previous completely unrelated sexual preference these days in quarantine is really that much more amusing. In fact, my entire third grade year parallels me as a human in general. The presidential physical fitness test became my bitch and the 10 measly pull-ups I had to do were nothing for my 100 pull-up 100 v-up nightly bar routine that had to be completed before I could leave to go home from gymnastics at the end of a two-hour practice. One day, I got bored in gym class and was literally just allowed to stay in the gym the rest of the day and hula hoop to break the Guinness World Record at the time, purely just to prove I could. We didn't even have a rep there. My best friend fed me chicken nuggets to my outstretched palm through lunch. Still, you know, just hula hooping through it. I even won the talent show later that spring in an incredibly itchy, fuzzy, limited-to blue sweater and red skirt while belting out the Star-Spangled Banner after first dedicating it to my (laughs) three-time war veteran of a grandpa front row in the audience while my grandmother, the hometown angel who played the organ and piano at every local parish and theater club, accompanied me. Seriously, though? Why is who I am these days and what I stand for still surprising to literally anybody who grew up with me? Once it was clear I had no intention of conforming to being a lady of society, other tactics of securing my status as being worthy of another person's admiration took hold. My aunt's job, working for some privately wealthy multimillionaire based out of D.C., took her all over the globe. Once I turned 18 and could travel freely with her without raising parental concerns, you know, um, since she's not actually my parent and we had different last names, she probably would have gotten stopped. She took me with her to Rome, where I spent 10 days exploring the city with an Italian Air Force chief of staff's son, also my age, who was attending school overseas due to his father's station. Later that summer, I was asked to accompany a 24-year-old Australian diplomat's Recently, college graduated son to a private dinner. I was 18. The age gap in her quest wouldn't have been weird except for the fact that i both had an abusive boyfriend of several years and had never even been to college yet so what the hell could a small town girl who ran against her best friend for queen of the county fair as a scholarship competition possibly offer a diplomat's son in one-on-one conversation over a single night with my dad it was the men from the base whichever colonel, general, second lieutenant, whatever the fuck rank of marine, navy, or army man it was that day, blending together into indistinguishable introductions, exuberance over how lucky they were to finally be introduced to me, the lust and intrigue behind their gaze obvious to anyone with half a brain. Those interactions certainly weren't all bad, though. I was the only youth at a five-course meal with multiple four-star Italian generals, So even if I was only there as a pretty face that could hold a conversation with the military men being honored, being fed cherries handpicked from the owner of the estate's private groves, perched atop the rooftop balcony overlooking Rome, at least I was there. When I was 21, I even had the opportunity to stay at the home of my dad's longtime friend, a former marine-turned-oil industry, conveniently right around the early to mid-2000s, man in Houston, Texas, while working at the top cancer research center in the world for a summer. So even if the man's 23-year-old athletic blonde girlfriend wasn't comfortable with him being in his own house when I was present, hey, I mean, at least I got free use of the extra BMW, a pool with one of those motors that lets you swim in place, and prime real estate in Houston, Texas for free. Not everything was a manipulative setup of any kind, and one could argue that life in general is about opportunity. So the more opportunities these equally curious and almost imaginative interactions earn you, the better. At the very least, I have a deeply complicated and interesting life story up until the current age of 27. But when your entire life has been centered on graduating college with with virtually no expectations set for you other than settling down and marrying a man it is really difficult to not feel a hot flash of anger when they seem to only happen largely because of your looks which again up until this point was a thing to keep modestly and because the idea you might be happy or fulfilled on your own seems so absurd it's even insulting most of all, because instead of not wanting to be distracted or undervalued after a string of shitty relationships, I'm apparently not allowed to provide myself time to relax and put myself first because they're worried that my biological clock is ticking. For the record, looking at the facts of how my grandfather didn't believe I should have the right to vote and told me so, I grew up on a a farm girl riding ponies over my acres of tobacco and hayfields, and my childhood consisted of glorifying the military prowess of egotistical men who felt a need to claim things, land, women, animals, for themselves, and white colonial history. The emphasis of my place in society as a woman was probably one of the least shocking things I still feel residual pressure from. Truthfully, I've even developed a bit of a kink for men in Civil War-era attire, which could just be, like, from Damon and Stefan Salvatore gracing the screens of my Netflix binging as lustful vampires. You know, shout-out Vampire Diaries. Both secretly enamored with the same girl, a common theme in the entertainment I am drawn to, you'll find as it is due to my desire to enact some decades later control over my own militaristic childhood in a Freudian version of sexual empowerment. So, as each year passes, even in my late 20s, their tactics have only gotten more obvious. I'll come home from running, sweat dripping off of each limb, glistening across my sternum, darkening the fabric of my sports bra, to a couple standing in my mom's foyer, their conveniently similar in age son, who just happened to be accompanying them to check out my mom's bike. I get pestering in frequent insinuations that I must be a lesbian since I don't want to bring anyone home for the holidays. And I bought a Subaru so, so strongly that I refuse to even consider the fact that I could even potentially find women attractive just because the minor chance they might be right is so infuriating that I just mentally never allowed the question. But why do I care so much? Like what about their dismay at my happy solitude is so insulting to me? The fact in this life is whatever I achieve in life may be undermined by the lack of a male partner's presence at my side. Sure, times are changing. Things are different now than they used to be, but the thoughts are still there. Whatever degrees I earn, jobs I hold, whatever a career looks like to me, will somehow seem sad or lonely if I opt to do it alone. Whereas the male equivalent is revered and nobody asks whether you think you'll regret focusing on it 10 years from now. Because biologically, time's on your side, so it doesn't matter quite as much. If I had a dollar for every time one of the patients at my surgical dermatology job asked what was wrong with me because I wasn't married yet, even even after asking about my degrees and life plan... I may have actually been able to afford to stay at that job. If you think I'm exaggerating and that it's not that bad anymore, progress is being made. Explain to me why Emma Watson claiming she's self-partnered is an actual news story. If we've actually made that much progress with society and women's place, please justify why a single woman trying to find her place in the world and using her past experiences is pitied, constantly questioned, and statistically is at an increased risk for violence against her persona compared to her male counterpart. Has anyone ever asked Leonardo DiCaprio what is wrong with him for cycling through less than 25-year-old girlfriends constantly? Suck my dick. From there, I wonder, do I actually think my family's goal was trafficking me, like Gislaine Maxwell inevitably did to her victims? Or do I think women's role in the culturally relevant history to me and my ancestors just resembles female trafficking, through use of legally enforced restrictions of whatever freedoms or lack thereof? Over my own existence, society wants to grant me at that time. Is it just that I associate marriage with financial coercion and an abusive controlling narrative because of my own experience as well as the many, many similarly shared experiences with my friends whereas that is just some kind of sample bias because of the environments I place myself in that draw similar people together? and with a lengthy, repetitive, and globally cyclic patterns of female submission and inferiority of the sexes, arguably the one universally consistent sociological trait of humanity, how is the concept of marriage any different, even in a Western country, when it is systematically interwoven with the increasingly difficult nature of raising a child, let alone multiple, On a single income, when the occupations commonly held by women are underfunded and underpaid, don't even get me started on education. And when sexual expression is still so stigmatized so strongly that the respectable women are only those who reserve it for just their partner.